Hello, my name is Amy Panetta, and welcome to the Celtic Feminine Podcast, which explores topics within the cross-section of folklore, ethnomusicology, Celtic spirituality, and women's studies. Often we will be discussing Celtic spirituality with a specific emphasis on the Irish cultural landscape. I, first of all, wanted to honor the fact that right now, as I'm recording, it's March 22nd, 2020, and we're about a week into a lot of the quarantining that's been going on with the coronavirus, at least here in North America. And I really wish all of the safety and all of the health, perseverance and strength for you and your family and all of your loved ones at this time. And of course, for the whole world. So I'm thinking about you and I want you to just take very good care of yourself. So I have a special offer for you today. I have a webinar that is 50 minutes. It begins with a beautiful blessing and I take you through all the information about Bridget, who she is, what her aspects are, and who are the people who are writing music dedicated to her. I also show you a five minute video clip that basically encapsulates the whole experience at the Fela Brita Festival in Kildare, Ireland, especially in the Bridget's Eve ritual from one holy well to another in Kildare. And that includes a lot of singing as well. I also teach the song Goa Malta Brigia at the end. It's in Irish Gaelic, so it's so exciting to be able to say that you have learned a Bridget song in Irish Gaelic. It's super cool, especially if you're not an Irish speaker. So I think this would be really a special opportunity for you. It's $15. And if you're interested in it, please email me at the Celtic Feminine Podcast at gmail.com and I'll get you information right away. So today, without further ado, I would like to introduce Elaine Nikierda to the podcast. Elaine is a musician, a singer, voice worker, and shamanic practitioner inspired by the healing power and immense beauty of the human voice and spirit, sharing and evolving voice work practices for healing, liberation, empowerment, and fun. One thing I wanted to clarify is that we do discuss her Patrick class that she is anticipating giving, but she actually can't do this in person because of the coronavirus. Sadly, it couldn't take place in person. And perhaps in the future, there may be a time to offer it in person or online. So look out for that. I also wanted to just clarify a little point about the album that Elaine is found on, her music, like the Tread Gently on the Earth song, as well as Breed Breed, is found on an album called Gracious Bridget. And this is an album that has songs recorded by Monica Brown, and Monica sings Elaine's songs, and Monica also sings some of her own songs as well. So if you ever are able to get this particular album hopefully you can still get it maybe online or from the Brigidine sisters in Kildare but it was a lovely album to get I just wanted to kind of clarify what that album is all about so without further ado here's the podcast
Elaine, it is so good to sit down and talk to you today about your work as a singer-songwriter and community song leader, as well as the music you have written in dedication to some of the Irish saints like Bridget and Patrick. I first heard about your work probably 10 years ago when I went to the Solus Brita Center and the Brigidine sisters had a beautiful CD with your music for sale. And it's a CD at that time. They would often use it for events, not to mention that some of these songs are sung a cappella during the Bridget's Eve celebration in Kildare, which... If people don't know, is a candlelit pilgrimage walk from one of Bridget's holy wells to the other. And so, Elaine, I would love to know what is it about Bridget that spoke to you so much so that you have written music about her? Thank you, Amy. I'm really glad that you began with talking about Fela Brida and the Bridget's Eve ritual in Kildare, because for me, that's where it all began. Uh, maybe about 20 years ago, I had my first moment of any kind of spiritual connection or awakening at the Bridges Eve pilgrimage in Kildare with the Brigidine nuns. It's a very magical event and it takes place outdoors and at night and candlelit, like you said, with lanterns. And it, it was something about connecting with spirituality through nature and also Bridget herself. So looking back, I would say that Bridget spoke to me that evening at the well, not with words, but just through the wind and through the whole energy of the event. And it was the first time I ever felt something that connected with me spiritually. It sowed the seed of me returning to that event again and again, I used to go every year. And so I became friendly with the people who ran the Fela Brida and the Brigidine nuns, and they became very good friends of mine. They were very kind and supportive to me, of my music especially. So they used to invite me to play music for their pilgrim tours in the town and for some of their rituals. And then I went on to do a degree in music. And so music became an even bigger part of my life. Wow. Yeah, but Bridget has always been there throughout all of that time. She's been, I would say, the strongest guide and spiritual holding for me in so mm -hmm. many different ways. Oh, wow. Was your degree in vocal music performance? It was a general degree in music. Mm -hmm. My main performance instrument was singing and voice, and oh. that has always been my passion with music. Beautiful. Oh, that's so nice to hear that spirituality at the well, and there's something really beautiful about what they do. And throughout the years, I came back to the Bridges Eve ritual about seven years later from the first time I was there. And it was just even more vibrant because they added more lights. Like there was just candles everywhere. Um, it was really, really something. I know the sisters are so supportive to people who are musicians and music teachers. When I sat down with them too, they were very excited to hear what I was doing also. And it was so nice to have that support and that warmth. And what was it like to write the songs for Bridget? How did these songs come to you? And then of course be shared with the Brigidine community? Well, the first one, they came to me on an aeroplane. <laughs> <laughs> when I was studying music and a lot of my friends would be writing songs and I just thought it was a really cool thing to do. But for me, the songs just never came for some reason. Mm -hmm. But there was one year I was at the Fela Brida and I was flying home and these songs and chants just came through and they're very much based around the teachings of the Brigidine nuns and even some of the words and the language that they use about Bridget, mm -hmm. describing her as a woman of the earth, for example, or using the words tread gently and tread gently on the earth. One yes. of the is called tread gently on the earth. And I know that Sister Mary, as we enter the well, she often uses words like that to tread gently and this is a sacred place. And so the 
inspiration for those first two songs really came out of the teachings of the Brigidine nuns and that was why I gifted them to the nuns for them to use and it's such a privilege to then go back years later to the ritual and hear them being sung that was really beautiful for me so yes. maybe share one of those songs now tread gently on the earth I'd love to share that song oh sure yes please do also to those who are listening if you're in a space where you can just sit and take a moment to connect and tune in this is a community song everybody sing and I love the message of it it's a perennial message of all of the indigenous traditions and earth spiritual traditions to honor the planet that we live on in a kind of mutual respect wonderful Tread gently on the earth respect her Tread gently on the earth she is not ours Tread gently on the earth for our children must inherit her Tread gently on the earth Tread gently on the earth, respect her. Tread gently on the earth, she is not ours. Tread gently on the earth, for our children must inherit her. Tread gently on the earth. Gently on the earth, respect her. Tread gently on the earth, she is not ours. Tread gently on the earth, for our children must inherit her. Tread gently on the earth. Oh, that's so beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> and as you were speaking about your music and tread gently on the earth, just thinking about the Bridget Well ritual on Bridget's Eve, like what would the r- ritual be like without your songs? It's like, wow. Well, there what? are a lot of songs, you know, there's a whole that repertoire too. now of Bridget songs and songs to honor nature and all these beautiful chants, old, old traditional ones and newer ones. So it's, it's beautiful to be part of that repertoire and that community. Yes. And before you came up with your songs and you would attend the ritual, um, were there a number of songs back then that they would use? There are a lot of songs. Before I wrote those songs, I used to lead a whole bunch of other songs sometimes. And there were other singers as well, you know, a kind of community of local singers and musicians that would come together for that. Sure. That sounds wonderful. Do you have any other Bridget songs that you would like to share? Yeah, there is a there's a couple of others. Right. The first one that I'd love to share is called Bridget of the Flame. Mm-hmm. And this is a song that arose when I was invited to play some music for the Bridget's Way pilgrimage. So this ah. is a beautiful pilgrimage that happened in Ireland maybe sure. hundreds, I'm guessing six or seven years ago. Mm-hmm. And it goes from Fahert near Dundalk in County Loud, which is one of the possible birthplaces of Bridget. But there's the most agreement about that she probably was born in Fahert. 
Yes. And the pilgrimage goes from Fahart down through the hill of Tara in Meath and then on to Kildare Town where Bridget had her monastery. And it's a beautiful event. It happens every year or most years, organised by Karen Ward, who's a shamanic teacher with a strong connection to Bridget, and Dolores Whelan, who's a teacher of Celtic spirituality, also with a very strong connection to Bridget. So oh. one year I was invited to, to play for on the hill of Tara for that event. And this is the song that came through, Bridget of the Flame. And it honours... Bridget's connection to fire because Mm -hmm. she is the keeper of a perpetual flame that was one of her traditions in her monastery and it's also a tradition that the Bridgetine nuns in Kildare have continued since 1993 since they started their community in Kildare. They tend a perpetual flame for Bridget. But it also honours Bridget's connection to the water and to the holy wells and there's so many holy wells around Ireland that are named after Bridget. So it honours the two, two sides of her. And for me this song brings together all of the different teachings of Bridget that I've connected with over the years from lots of different teachers and my own intuitive sense of her and the teachings that come through the Christian tradition of Bridget as Christian saint and also the older pre-Christian tradition of Bridget as the goddess of the Tuatha Danann and her connection with healing and forge and midwifery and all of the different aspects of Bridget. So the song brings together a lot of those different Oh, beautiful. So it must be that the sisters had you join up with this pilgrimage tour. And that's how you were connected with all of these other people who are into the Bridget spirituality and leading these tours. Um, Not exactly. Later, I came to connect with more shamanic teachings. Mm hmm. And I did a shamanic training with a school in Ireland called Sleon Cree, which means Pathway of the Heart. And ah. A school of Irish healing shamanism and Karen Ward who co-leads the Bridges Way mm-hmm. is one of the teachers so that's how I connected with with Dolores and Karen oh very nice so shall I share the song sure I would love to hear it Bridget 
so beautiful thank you it, it really touched my heart i really appreciate that thank you thank you oh and was there another song too there is a song called forever in love uh, yeah. and this is a more recent song to bridget it seems that a lot of the songs i'm writing the last six months or a year really have that theme of love in lots of different forms and this is a much more personal song about Bridget and what I'm finding sometimes is with the songs that I write the song itself and the process of writing the song actually helps me understand things so mm -hmm. through writing the song I came to understand something about Bridget which I hadn't really understood before wow which is how much she has held me for these last 20 years and through some very deep challenges and just how much she has been there as a mother energy and I came to really appreciate her as a very very expansive sacred mothering energy that could hold me through a dark night of the soul mm. continue to hold me 
Yes, that really is beautiful. When we can come to these points, it makes things so rich and so meaningful. And that's, I think, one of the gifts of maybe of any creative pursuit, but for me of songwriting, is that it comes from a place in me that is beyond my conscious mind. Mm. So that it can illuminate things for me that I w- wouldn't have seen otherwise. You know, it's a very beautiful way to access a kind of subconscious intelligence and information and to connect with the soul, ultimately. Yes, yes, indeed. And this was the only song that ever came to me in a dream. <laughs> wow. First part of it, only the first part. Mm. I had this dream. I was writing a song and I woke up and I actually remembered the song so that was the starting point for the rest of it that unfolded but it was really beautiful to wake up and actually remember it that's really beautiful so this is called forever in love Bridget I feel her in my bones Bridget you won't leave me alone I'm here I'm here and I'm falling falling she whispers at night down by the well from the trees her voice came like a bell I'm here, I'm here and I'm calling, calling you home She said I'm beside you wherever you go When you're facing the darkness, the river below She said I will hold you you're never alone and if ever you stumble i'll carry you home it's been a long journey right back to the source i followed that river along its whole course back to the ocean the ocean of love Drowning forever, forever in love. Bridget, I feel her in my bones. Bridget, you won't leave me alone. I'm here, I'm here, and I'm falling, falling. One day she brought me to my knees. Her voice came softly on the breeze. I'm here. I'm here and I'm calling, calling you home. Bridget, she held me all through the night until it was morning, right back to the light. She held me so softly in arms filled with love. She holds me forever. Forever in love, and still she's beside me as life journeys on. I feel her inside me, her light is my own. I feel that I'm drowning in arms filled with love, drowning forever, forever in love. Drowning forever, forever in love. Bridget, she calls me long ago. 
Where the path would lead, I didn't know. But I'm here, I'm here, and I'm falling, falling. She called me that night down by the well. Where the path would lead, I couldn't tell. And she's here, and she's calling, calling me home. I'm here, and she's here, and she's still calling, calling me home. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> I'm over here, like, crying. <laughs> thank you so much. It's beautiful to share them and and to have them witnessed like this. So thank you. And I think singing that a cappella like that with nothing else reconnected to how emotional that song can be for me. And yes. I feel so grateful I am for that holding everything and for the kind of mystery that that is of, of a spiritual holding that we may not really be fully aware of or fully understand, but it is very real. It's just so beautiful. <laughs> no words, you know. Music expresses the things that you just, it's hard to express otherwise, you yeah. know. Thank you so much. What a gift. I really appreciate it. With your music writing, did they come to you whole like that with the melody and the lyrics together? Or is it the words and the, the melody are separate? They usually come together. They, in fact, always. Usually it starts with a single word or a couple of words of a melody. And then I'm like, oh, here's a song. And then I give it a space and more of it comes through. Something I really noticed when I first started writing songs and when those first few words would come through and I would be singing them over and over and I might be walking around the garden, kind of just waiting for the next bit to come through. And I would hear this voice in my head and said, that's, that's not a song, Elaine. Elaine, that's really, that's really crap. That's really rubbish. And I heard that voice of that inner critic. And when the songs first started coming through about five years ago, the inspiration and the energy for them was so strong that they came through anyway, regardless of that voice. But what I realized was that before, years and years ago, when I tried to write songs, the voice of that inner critic was so strong and I was not aware of it. It just stifled the creativity completely. Yes. And so I find it really useful to hear that voice and realize that it's there. And I just say to it now when I hear it, you know what? Maybe it's going to be a terrible song. <laughs> but maybe it'll be beautiful. So let's just give it a chance and see what it can be. And often the songs that come through just blow me away. Wow. And over time, I've become more practiced with writing them. So I don't, I'm not so aware of that voice, but it's a very useful process to just realize a lot of us in creative pursuits or with whatever we're doing, we can have that voice. But it's really great to, if we can find a way that it doesn't paralyze us, you know, that we can allow this beautiful creativity to come through anyway. Yes. Oh, yeah, that is so important. I love that because we're sometimes like paralyzed, even though things are coming to us maybe, and we're just like, oh, I don't know. I, and there's so much resistance. I love that. What is it called? The, the War of Art. I think it's Stephen Pressfield. And it talks a lot about the resistance that artists have, as well as other creative people. And of course, the creative process in so many different disciplines. 
that we deal with. And sometimes, like, uh, I might have a good idea, but then I'm like, well, do I really want to, like, pursue that? And then we try to talk ourselves out. But how beautiful it just those songs came through anyway. They just persisted, and that's really really special so it must be an amazing experience to to have that happen to you you know you're like you're a vessel for this divine music to come through you you know it is a really beautiful experience and i think the word divine is really important in creativity because where do the songs come from and for whatever work we're doing creative work where does the inspiration come from and when we let it through we're allowing ourselves to be a vessel for the divine and we're bringing through a very special, unique energy that each person has their own personal creativity. And if we don't bring it through, then it's not going to come through. It's not about a kind of ego around how beautiful the songs are or how beautiful the art is, but it's about allowing ourselves to be the vessel for a divine inspiration that can really be a contribution to other people and to the world and to our own selves. You know, a lot of the songs that I write, they're my own medicine. And if I didn't mm. bring them through, then I wouldn't have that medicine. So we're kind of yeah. letting the songs come through and letting the creativity come through as well as we receive a gift. We're also giving a gift, creating a space for them and a trust for them to come through. Yes. And I know that you have an upcoming event with St. Patrick. And on my podcast, we touched on it when I was talking with Dolores Whelan a couple years ago about Patrick and how he's involved with Celtic spirituality and things. And I would love to know more about what Patrick means to you in Celtic spirituality and also spring equinox and things like that. Well, in terms of the, the equinox, so the event is for Patrick and the spring equinox. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. These days I always celebrate all of the seasonal festivals, so my spirituality has become very rooted in, it's a nature spirituality, so it's very rooted in all the, the different cycles and timings of nature. And so I celebrate the solstices, the equinoxes and the other festivals. And spring equinox, first of all, it's a time of balance because day and night are of equal length. So it's like a kind of still point and a moment of balance where darkness and light are in balance and the inner world and the outer world and the feminine are all held in balance. It feels like a kind of a still point to connect with ourselves and to kind of rebalance our own lives, you know, to connect with where are we in balance or out of balance in our own lives. But spring equinox is also really strongly about fertility because everything outside of nature is coming to life again. You know, the trees, have, certainly in Ireland anyway, the trees have all got buds on them and some of the early flowers are out, as loads of daffodils. Some of the insects are gently waking up. I've seen bees and butterflies. Yes. see the really strong energy of new life and rebirth. And wow. this really reflected in the Christian tradition because Easter is about Christ's resurrection, which is rebirth into a different form, a kind of transformation into a different form. Mm. And in terms of Patrick, so I connected with Bridget for so many years and I connected with her as a saint, also as the pre-Christian goddess. But what I came to realize is that actually I'm connecting with her very intuitively, which is connecting with her as pure energy, like what is my direct experience of her energy. So I started to wonder about Patrick. Yes. (laughs) What is his energy? You know, 
So he's a Christian saint, but he, I just thought he must be also a pure energy. So I started tuning into him one day about maybe three years ago, and I just felt this most beautiful energy that is a Christ energy. So this very beautiful, pure, divine love energy but really indigenous and unique to the land of Ireland. So I saw this beautiful gold colour, which I connect with Christ. Mm. And also the green of the Irish land kind of merged together. And it was just such a beautiful energy. And I became kind of inspired by it because I had never seen Patrick in that way before or understood him in that way before. There's yeah. something about the Christ energy that I feel like really inspired and moved to connect with, although I have never been a Christian or and the Christian teachings of any of the churches have never resonated with me. But for several years now, I connect very strongly with Christ and that energy of love, you know, and that's what I'm connecting with in Patrick is that same energy of love. And I've understood that for a long time that Christ represents love. But what I'm starting to see is that there's something much deeper in there as well. But it's about transformation. Yes. This ties in with the equinox and with the resurrection of Christ and the whole energies around rebirth. But actually Christ's teachings are not just about love, but about the transformative power of love, how it can transform human consciousness. Yes. And it's what we need right now. And I think that's why the political authorities of the time of Jesus Christ could not tolerate him. What he was teaching was going to be so radical socially and culturally and politically. Yes. We need that now and it is going to be radical socially and culturally and political and we need it. We need that kind of change and that energy that he offers us, that the Christ energy offers us, coming so deeply into that vibration of love that it changes everything. And I started thinking about all the old stories and one of the main stories of Patrick is St. Patrick drove the snakes out of Ireland. Hmm. And that's a, it's a really, from a shamanic perspective, it's a really interesting story to explore. Because as soon as I started doing shamanic training and working in that way, I came to realize just how important the snake energy is. It is really about life force and vitality. And it's about the energy of the earth. It's about sexuality. And it's about so many things that are vital for our lives. And yet in certain traditions, including the Christian tradition, the snake is kind of demonized as something evil. But we never really bought that. So I was wondering, what does it mean that Patrick drove the snakes out of Ireland? And so for a long time, I understood it that it meant he drove out the old religion, that in the coming of Christianity, the old pre-Christian traditions were gradually pushed out. So I'm not 100% convinced even of that at this stage, because for a long time, many of those nature connection practices, they were kind of married with Christianity. And even when the Christianity became more patriarchal, the old traditions, and they might have been underground and they might have been very quiet, but they continued, you know. So the snake energy and the old traditions are very alive here. And so I began to really wonder about that story and I took it as the starting point for a song. At the beginning of the song, I really didn't know where it was going to go. But as the song evolved, I started to realise St. Patrick and the snake they're actually really good friends. The energies are actually really aligned. It kind of turns that old story completely on its head, that he didn't drive the snakes out at all. <laughs> on a kind of intellectual level, I don't really quite understand how my sense of Patrick fits into all of the folklore and history or how it matches with the man that he was. But I just trust my intuition and I go with my kind of felt sense. That's what 
kind of supports and nourishes me and inspires me. So that's what I work with. Sure. Yeah. Should I do the song? Sure. Go for it. So this is my, my newest baby. I'm so just, excited. Yeah. And it's been really beautiful connecting with the snake energy. Uh, and very nourishing for me at the moment. So this is called St. Patrick and the Snake. St. Patrick drove the snakes out. Priests of the old religion, St. Patrick brought the new light, that's what the stories say. St. Patrick heard the voices of the people of Ireland, sailed o'er the seas to save them, but who is he anyway? I have come. I have come to walk among you from this land, a new light to shine. I have come to see the light that shines within you, the light that speaks the name of the divine. The snake, she lives within us. And in the land around us, the snake, she is the power, keeps us all alive. The snake, she brings us healing and sexual union. The shedding of the old skin that helps our bodies thrive. I have come, I have come to walk among you. From this land, the new light to shine. I have come to see the light that shines within you. The light that speaks the name of the divine. The snake, she brings us new life, the gift of resurrection. A rebirth into knowing that all we are is love. St. Patrick is the Christ light within the land of Ireland. The power to begin again, a rebirth into love. I have come, I have come to walk among you. From this land, a new light to shine. I have come to see the light that shines within you. The light that speaks the name of the divine.
thank you so much. As you were talking and singing, I was envisioning kind of Patrick kind of intertwining with the snake, you know, mm -hmm. this kind of like a DNA helix, you know, spiraling together. And now everything is a circle. We're coming back to this really more earth-centered, more heart-centered spirituality, which is so beautiful. And I just kind of see that in that Patrick vision that you have that he's not driving out the snakes. He's actually, as I see it anyway, intertwining with them. <laughs> That's a beautiful reflection to to understand and see the, the rise in reconnecting with the earth and reconnecting with the old indigenous yes. spiritual traditions. They have so much to offer us now. And in terms of healing the earth, it's mm -hmm. so important that we come into that understanding of our relationship with all of life and with all of the different beings and creatures and trees and everything that we share the earth with. And if you're definitely right, there is a rise in that and a rise in, I think, the balancing of the feminine and masculine energies and in connecting again with the heart and yes. with love, which is really what's going to heal us and our relationship to the earth. Exactly. It's that rising up. And I think that snake, and you probably know this too, the association with the feminine energy, they shed, we shed our lining every yes. 28 days or whatever. We have that. And then this also with Eastern traditions, the Kundalini energy kind of rising up. It's just a really beautiful and powerful image to have come to mind, you know? It's really beautiful and just reclaiming Patrick as well, kind of rescuing him from some of the negative things. So I, re I really appreciate your work with Patrick and I know that you have a really beautiful uh, event that's supposed to still happen. Do you think it's still happening in the wake I of... Hope, um... I hope it will still happen. It's in, these events, they're not usually that big. It's in a yoga center, so it's not a huge space. So it's, it's not sure. a huge gathering of people and I hope it will still go ahead on the 21st of March. Yes, 21st of March at 7 p.m., right? And Red River Yoga in Navin, is that right? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and what will the event be like? So this is a new format of event that I've started doing because I do voice workshop and mm -hmm. I write songs and I do kind of concert style performances but sure. this is a kind of a fusion of that so I create a sacred space and it's often aligned with one of the seasonal festivals in this case Spring Equinox. Ah. So it's very intimate and candlelit and beautiful and we open maybe with a chant and then I share some songs and people can sit in chairs or there's also yoga mats and cushions so it's very flexible, you can lie down, you can just be comfy. So I yes. share some of these original songs, obviously I'm going to sing the song for St. Patrick and the Snake. We do some chanting together, so different mantras and chants from different world traditions sometimes some of my own compositions. And then we finish with a meditation, maybe a little bit of sound for the meditation and then some silence. So it incorporates a lot of the different things that I love to do with music and voice and spirituality. And it's a very sacred space for me. That's what I wish to create is a sacred space for people to come and reconnect and a healing space. Yes. For people to be nourished by music and by connecting with their own voice, which is so important. Yes. I know I was at your Sing with Bridget class back 2017, I think, and it was just so beautiful. And it's at the same retreat center, isn't it? Beside the River Boyne, yeah. 
Yes, uh, it was so so lovely, and just you wove so many aspects together with the singing and sharing your own music and chanting and having so much community there and it was just so lovely and I know there's a lot going on and people are afraid about coming in contact with each other but I think that this kind of small gathering would be really powerful at this time and I think we need to be with each other you know yeah really important for us to continue relationships and community and contacts yes with the people that we love and that are important to us i would hate to see that stop exactly it's just kind of ironic that i know that even human touch and human connection and oh my like music making community music together is just so important for our immune systems (laughs) so that in itself is just very powerful amazing health benefits of singing I've just been looking this up again as I prepare to do workshops yes amazing health benefits of singing but particularly of singing together in groups and I think research is showing but also it's a very part of my experience is that music and sound and singing together can bring people together in a community so fast and so deeply possibly more than anything else yes really part of the function of singing possibly in how it originated in human evolution it creates community it creates connection and it's beyond verbal it's beyond intellectual it's much more felt and embodied and it creates a kind of energy and a coherence people automatically start to harmonize in their energy fields and in their voices and in doing especially in doing free voicing with groups it's just very interesting to see how people harmonize together. And one thing I know is from doing workshops, for example, we might do OM for a minute or so at the start of the workshop, and then we do it again at the end of the workshop. And the difference in the degree of harmony between people, both in the energy of it, the feeling of it, and the sound of it, can be extraordinary. And that's from sharing the space together and singing together for a couple of hours. It's very, very powerful medicine. Yes. Oh, it really is. And I think to how powerful in the past year I have discovered the work of Dr. Joe Dispenza. And as I thought about it, you touched on a couple points were so synchronous <laughs> with, you were talking about coherence and the harmonization of people together. Mm-hmm. And it's this, maybe, uh, do you know that term? coherence it's like the brain and the heart come into harmony with each other often and it creates so many different health benefits with the parasympathetic system of the nervous system where it's a very healing space to be a part of which is totally present there in singing and in my last podcast I did about Hildegard where that's what would be going on with her music and but it's this healing and coming together and yeah feel just in general mm-hmm. not particularly in relation to the virus or anything but in general I feel so much optimism mm-hmm. and I've been feeling this for a long time and sometimes it, it kind of I don't always see it reflected in other people um, yes I feel so much optimism and conviction even that as a human culture we're coming close to the wire but something really magical is happening and mm-hmm. um, I've been reading some of Joanna Macy's work about the work that reconnects and she talks and others also talk about the great turning a certain way of viewing what's happening on earth right now that we have a huge possibility a huge opportunity to completely recreate 
the way that we relate and the way that human society functions and the way that we live on planet Earth. There's huge, huge opportunity there. And one of the beautiful exercises was for me to write down how I want to contribute. Then mm-hmm. to, to kind of write it down in a general way and then to write down, to break it down into the little steps that I can do. And it's very clear to me, even in, from looking at it at an environmental perspective, the thing I have to offer is singing. Yes. So it's about trying to, I mean, obviously things like reducing our waste and Mm-hmm. and all of that it's important but for me the very clear thing is singing mm-hmm. what to offer to help with this great turning yes. is singing and so I'm breaking that down into the little steps of what I can do to bring that more out into the world and to do more of it and to reach more people and to make that as effective as I can as a contribution to nourishing us and supporting us through a shift in consciousness. That is a really beautiful way to put it. And just recognizing the gifts that each of us have that we bring to the world and how we can contribute to this positive kind of awakening and evolution. And we do have such a huge opportunity. And I really appreciate that you are seeing this in yourself and you're feeling that optimism. And I can empathize with that as well. It can be very hard to see how people act sometimes the things that come up in the news or what have you different current events or different natural events that are happening but I think there's so much that we can do and that we can contribute to that people don't see yet and that it's necessary to do this work even before it's obvious to many people you know and I can also see where the changes are already happening and the strength of the community of people who are engaged very actively in healing in holistic health in spirituality in sacred art in teaching in all kinds of ways to in environmental work yes to really activate this very positive shift there's so much already happening and if we bring our focus to that it energizes and supports us in whatever we're doing yes i completely agree it's so beautiful i'm so blessed to be able to talk with you and a like-minded soul and means a lot because it can be hard out there for people like us and we try our best and i just think back to so many years ago where i felt especially alone but i am feeling more and more encouraged when i find people like you elaine and um some people i've had on the podcast here and i say podcast not like oh look you know i've got this podcast here look at look at me it's just it's this is kind of like an outgrowth of something that's kind of inside of me and little sparks of lights around the globe we can connect with each other through these wonderful digital means and be able to have these beautiful conversations going back to bridget for a second but i find that my connection with bridget is apparent and it shows itself when i talk to other people like you and when I'm in a community with other people who who recognize and and can talk about this beautiful Irish and Celtic spirituality and I'm just so so happy to be a part of it you know and I'm, I'm happy that I don't feel isolated when I'm able to speak with others. 
Yeah, I just on what you were saying there, community is so important and so important for us to be supported and to connect with like-minded, like-hearted people so that we are encouraged and supported to expand and grow each of us and to share the special gift that we have. So thank you, Amy. This is your gift, you know, this is your offering to do these podcasts and to connect with different people around the world who share mm-hmm. some of practices and ideas. So thank you for having the courage and confidence and inspiration to put this out there and for all that you and Beth have. Thank you. Thank you, Eileen. I really appreciate that. And Elaine, if people wanted to hear more about your work, is there a place that they can go online to find out more about some of your offerings? There is. I have a Facebook page. It's called Singing the Land. I also have a SoundCloud, which is also called Singing the Land. Oh, beautiful. I have just a few tracks on there at the moment, but I'm really planning on getting together a series of demo tracks. So please check on there in a few weeks and there'll be a more offerings on there well great thank you so much elaine i appreciate it today thank you Amy. thank you so much for joining us today for the celtic feminine podcast and our guest elaine nihiarda so to find us you can go to www.thecelticcelticfemininepodcast.com the podcast is also on archive.org you just need to search for it i just wanted to tell you a little bit about the closer music and the intro music it's by a group called the new time ensemble and it's from their 2010 album called a year in ireland and you can find them on cdbaby.com take care now bye-bye